Good afternoon. I call this oversight hearing to order. Today, the committee will hear directly from tribal leaders, practitioners specializing in native behavioral health and a native public health expert on opioid use disorder about the devastating impact of fentanyl in native communities. We'll also learn about specific culturally-based practices, dedicated facilities, and other promising tools Native communities have developed and tailored to address their own needs. This is a really important conversation. Fentanyl, a potent synthetic opioid, is contributing to a rapid rise in opioid-related deaths across the country, and Native communities are getting hit extra hard. From 2020 to 2021, American Indians and Alaska Natives experienced an alarming 33% rise in drug overdose deaths, the second uh, biggest of all groups in the United States. And Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders saw the largest increase at 47%. These overdose deaths rates are nothing short of staggering. In the past year, several tribes issued emergency declarations over the rate of fentanyl deaths among their members, and accidental overdoses where users are unaware their drug of choice is mixed with fentanyl are also on the rise among American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians. Last August, tribes from across the country came together to strategize on solutions and offer policy recommendations to address the fentanyl crisis in their own communities at the National Tribal Opioids Summit. White House officials, federal and state leaders, members of Congress, including Senator Cantwell, also participated. And I want to thank her for sounding the alarm and asking for today's hearing. This growing crisis is rooted in longstanding structural inequities in Native communities, lack of affordable housing, limited access to high-quality health care, and underfunded public safety programs compound fentanyl's impact on Native communities. Other unique factors, such as checkerboard tribal lands, which create a jurisdictional maze for law enforcement, and a lack of available public health data, further complicate our response. It has been more than five years since we last held a hearing on the opioid epidemic in Native communities. COVID-19 contributed to a significant increase in substance abuse and overdoses nationwide. And new threats from synthetic opioids, including fentanyl, have shifted the response paradigm. The time is now for the committee to re-engage. But our work doesn't end by simply identifying the problems. There is no one-size-fits-all solution. We have to listen to Native leaders, organizations, and healthcare providers and support Native-led solutions to fight fentanyl in their homelands and surrounding communities. So I look forward to hearing from all of our witnesses today and thank them for enjo- uh, joining us in this important discussion. Uh, Vice Chair Murkowski for your opening statement. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I do appreciate the fact that we're having this very important hearing in front of us today, and to Senator Cantwell, um, uh, thank you for, for making sure that it was scheduled here as we hold this hearing, hopefully as a first in a series of, of how we respond, how we deal with with what we have in front of us. You've, you've cited the statistics. It's, um, it's just really disturbing to know that among American Indians and Alaska Native populations, we see the highest drug overdose rates um, in the country for both 20 and 21 in terms of, of, of populations. 
Um, we've certainly seen it in Alaska, the significant increase in overdose and deaths due to fentanyl, due to opioids. Thanks to ANTHC's Epidemiology Center, we know that from 2018 to 2022, the annual number of opioid, opioid deaths among Alaska Natives increased by 383%. During the COVID pandemic, opioid overdose mortality rate among Alaska Native people doubled. Um, very, very troubling article in our uh, statewide or our Anchorage paper, the uh, Anchorage Daily News on the 6th of, of November. And Mr. Chairman, I'd ask that uh, a full copy of this article be included as part of the record. But it speaks to the, the situation that we're seeing in Alaska right now. This involved a, a drug ring operated within a prison. Um, but what, what the article states is during a 15-month period, uh, members in this ring sent... 58.5 kilos of fentanyl, that's nearly 130 pounds of fentanyl to Alaskan communities. And they sent it to communities like Savunga, population 826 people, like Tyonic, population 415 people, like Good News Bay, New Stuyahawk, Togiak, Ketchikan, Dillingham, Sitka, islanded communities where the population is so small and predominantly native populations. And why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Because they know that they can get 10 times more for this lethal poison that is being sent in. The comment that uh, was, was provided here. A dose of fentanyl that might sell in Anchorage for $15 could be worth $40 in Utkiavik, $80 in Kodiak, or $100 in Bethel. And so they are targeting these small, remote, rural, vulnerable communities. It is the worst of predation that can possibly be. Last year, the Alaska Federation of Natives approved a resolution calling for support for increased resources to combat the drug epidemic that we're seeing in our Alaska Native communities. It speaks to the lack of resources for education, for treatment, for preventative services, and public safety in Alaska Native communities. We are, we are working on so many different levels, but I think it's so important today to understand from our witnesses how they're specifically addressing fentanyl, whether it's tribal law enforcement investigations and seizures, more opioid treatment centers in rural communities, how we deal with the stigma that we know is attached. Um, I've introduced a bill that we call Bruce's Law to educate the public about the lethality of fentanyl, particularly with our youth. And then just last week, we introduced the telehealth response for e-prescribing addiction therapy services. We call it the TREATS Act. But it seeks to continue access of telehealth authorities when prescribing opioid treatment program medications. So lots to talk about. I want to welcome our Alaska witness, Mr. Eric Geddes. Um, he's going to be joined by Dr. Corey Cox during the question period of the hearing. Mr. Geddes is a senior VP for behavioral health at SEARCH in Juneau. And Dr. Cox is a dual board-certified family medicine and addiction medicine physician also with SEARCH. He's currently working to expand access to quality addiction treatment services in rural southeast Alaska. So pleased that they're going to be with us today with their input. Um, again, thank you, Mr. Chairman.
Thank you, Vice Chair. Uh, I'll now recognize uh, Senator Cantwell, who has been a lead. A lot of members of, the, of this committee have been the leader on this particular challenge, but uh, Senator Cantwell was instrumental in making sure that this hearing happened. So, Senator Cantwell. Well, thank you, uh, Chairman Schatz, and you and Vice Chair Murkowski for holding this very, very important hearing today to hear directly from Indian country how they're fighting this battle and how they need a better federal partner. I want to take a moment to introduce uh, one of the witnesses, the chairman of the Lummi Nation, Anthony Hilaire, and I want to acknowledge the presence of multiple Lummi Nation leaders who are with us, key staffers, and council member Carly Kinley and Jim Washington, and in addition, the Lummi National Policy Advisor, Marissa Jones, Recovery Specialist, Tabitha Jefferson, and the Lummi Nation youth leaders who are here as a delegation Thank you all for traveling all this way to make this voice heard and to get people to understand the scourge of this crisis. Your presence here today is a testament to the devastating impact the fentanyl crisis has had on the Lummi Nation. And when I visited Lummi Nation in October of last year, fentanyl was already taking its toll. But a year later, the Lummi community lost five people to fentanyl overdoses within one week. In 2022, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that American Indians and Alaska Natives have the highest drug overdoses rate of any ethnic group for both 2020 and 2021. The rise of this illicit fentanyl is a problem. We have hosted nine roundtables throughout the state of Washington and have spoke at many of the organizational meetings to talk about what are the solutions in fact, the National Tribal Opioid Summit was also held in the state. Uh, that was part of the uh, organized by the National, uh, the Northwest Portland Indian Health Board, and happened to have at Lummi Nation. But we've talked to tribal leaders in Spokane, Colville, Yakima, Cowlitz, Jamestown, the Puyallups, the Tulalips, and many people about how their particular communities are being impacted. What we know is we must increase treatment and recovery capacity. As one doctor told me, quote, we should have access to recovery be as easy as access to the drug, and at this point, it's not. We need to better educate young people and get them involved in prevention and recovery, and that is why I'm glad to see the youth delegation that is here today, because they can help us understand how we can better reach out to young people. The next generation can lead the way in educating their peers, and in August, as I spoke to the National Tribal Opioid Summit at Tulalip, a key theme raised by many of the officials gathered at the, uh, at the session was how understanding where illicit fentanyl is coming from and how we respond to it is a top priority. Data is needed and vital to our response in the pandemic, and adequate resources, whether that is uh, helping them recognize the crisis or addressing it in responding is is critical. But a few examples. The Jamestown Sklalem opened a healing clinic, which provides addiction and MAT treatment and averages 120 patients per day. The Native Project in Spokane is working to build a youth and child services that will focus on tribal children's services to stay away from opioids and fentanyl, and the Lummi Nation opened a new stabilization and recovery center for their community members and are currently working to construct an open, an open a detox and healthcare center. So I welcome Chair Hilaire today to share the breadth and depth of your unique experience, and I'm so sorry that this is what the Lummi Nation has had to deal with. 
I know that you, as a tribal leader and a community council member in the past, know what it's like to deal with these issues and to prioritize them. Hopefully, we can work better together as a federal partner. I, I thank, again, uh, Madam Chair, the opportunity for this hearing to take place and hopefully our committee to come up with ideas to better help Indian country and our whole United States deal with this crisis. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Cantwell. Any other members wishing to make an opening statement? Senator Hoven. Thank you, Ranking Member Murkowski. Um, I want to thank both you and Chairman Schatz, uh, as well as our witnesses, uh, for being here today this af uh, for being here this afternoon, and uh, appreciate the committee holding uh, this very important hearing on the impact of fentanyl in our tribal communities. And uh, it is, it's a huge problem uh, for the entire country. Uh, in essence, every state and, and uh, tribe as well has become a, a border state or border reservation because of the fentanyl that's pouring in over the southern uh, border. A lot of it, of course, originating uh, in China. So this is a problem we've got to address across the country. We're seeing record numbers of uh, overdose Deaths and of course it's a it's a huge problem on the reservation as well. So again, I think it's uh, and Senator Cantwell to you as well uh, for the everyone who said we need to have a hearing on this huge problem. They're right, we do, and we need to find ways to address it. We need to do that now. And so uh, again, I want to welcome all of our witnesses today, but I particularly would like to take a minute to welcome and to uh, introduce uh, Chairman Azure. Um, Jamie Osher is chairman of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians. Uh, he attended the University of Minnesota, and we don't hold that against him in North Dakota. That's okay. Um, earned a Bachelor of Science degrees in both uh, business management and political science. Uh, he served on the Tribal Council since December 2016 and has been chairman since 2018. Uh, he continues to build up his community, foster economic development, and advocate on behalf of both tribal youth and elders. Um, he also serves on the United Tribes Technical College Board of Directors. He owns the J. Osher Construction uh, Company, and through his company is involved in community philanthropic efforts, such as dedicating a percentage of the company's profits to supporting youth organizations. Um, he resides in Belcourt with his wife, Denise, and their two children. And again, Chairman Aja, I want to thank you uh, for being here today, but even more than that, for the important work you do as, as, as chairman uh, for your tribes and uh, the good work that you do both through your company and as well as through your leadership as tribal chairman. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, yes, Senator. Yes, Madam Chair, pro tem. Thank, pro tem. Thank you, Senator Hoven. <laughs> Senator Tester, I know yep. you wanted to introduce uh, yep. your witness and maybe make I do. I first want to thank you and the chairman for hosting this hearing that I think we can all uh, say is really important. And, and thank you, Senator Cantwell, for your leadership. I want to welcome everybody who's here testifying, uh, the folks who are here in person, the people who are here virtually. I also want to have a special uh, introduction for Councilman Bryce Kirk, who's here in the Indian Affairs Room, I think, for the first time. And uh, he is from the Fort Peck Assiniboine Sioux Tribes, joining us from uh, that metropolis of Poplar, Montana, which is incredibly rural. 
and uh, Chairman Kirk is serving his second term of the Tribal Council. He sits on the Law and Justice Committee there and also the Tribal Education Committee. Kirk knows firsthand the effects of fentanyl in his community, and he does important work combating this drug on the reservation. Uh, Bryce, it is an honor to have you here today uh, to testify to us. And when your time comes up, we look forward to your testimony. Thank you, Senator Tester. Senator Lujan, did you care to make any comment? Madam Chair, thank you so much for this important hearing and the leadership of the committee and for each of you um, traveling to share these stories, um, to share your thoughts and your ideas of what needs to be done, of where there's negligence as well with lack of support or jurisdictions where there's questions where criminals learn to take advantage of them as well. But I certainly look forward to your testimony, and thank you all for being here. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. We will now turn to our witnesses. Um, Senator Cantwell has has introduced our first, first witness, uh, Chairman Hilaire from the Lummi Nation. Uh, he will be followed by uh, Chairman Azure, who has been introduced by Senator Hoven uh, with the Turtle Mountain Band of the Chippewas. Next, we will turn to Councilman Kirk, who has been introduced by Senator Tester from the Fort Peck Reservation. Uh, I understand that Dr. Uh, Akuhai Austin Seabury, Seabury uh, will be virtual with us. He is the Executive Director and Licensed Clinical Psychologist at Iola Lahui Incorporated there in Honolulu. Um, we will also be joined virtually by Mr. Eric Geddes, who is with Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium. As I is, have introduced previously, he will be accompanied by Dr. Corey Cox, a uh, clinical director for addiction services also there at SEARCH. And then our final witness will be uh, Clara Dina Soto, a PhD, associate professor, Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at the Keck School of Medicine at UCLA. I want to remind our witnesses that your full written testimony will be made part of the official record, so we would ask that you try to keep your comments to no more than five minutes so members have an opportunity to ask questions. But we realize that these, uh, these comments uh, that you make are very important, uh, and the information that we will gain today is exceptionally important. So for those of you who have made the trip to be here, thank you. And for those of you who are giving your time online, thank you very much. Uh, Chairman Hilaire, if you will proceed, please.